Talking news with views so his ratings don't dive It's the moment you've waited for Here comes Jeff Flack's Live The left really hates him and he's ready to fight But the joke's on them because so does the right Here comes Jeff Flack's Live Try to stop him Here comes Jeff Lack's life Pump up the sound The man has been found Here comes Jeff Lack's life You are listening live to Jeff Lacks Live on 620 AM WSNR and as always streaming on the legendary Zeb Brenner Talkline Network talklinenetwork.com you can tweet the show at Jeff Lacks Live and you can call the show at 646-926-4699 welcome to another exciting edition of Jeff Lacks Live now we promised last night we have a big show for you we do We've got a huge show for you. Now, those breaking news this morning, we gave you a little hint about that last night, what was to come today. And indeed, today there was announced that another CUNY lawsuit, this time a Title VI action, not technically a lawsuit, but a significant legal action against Brooklyn College for, I mean, absolutely disgusting treatment by faculty and also other students towards Jewish students at Brooklyn College. And I can't give enough credit to the Jewish students with the courage and the bravery to come forward and file this Title VI action uh, against Brooklyn College. So we're going to talk about that with Aaron Bandler. And basically what's happening is they're calling Jews all sorts of disgusting tropes, making them into the oppressor group, not wanting Jews to be oppressed, to be uh, any victims for anything. They want them to be the oppressors. It's just disgusting, this dynamic that is now being thrown about with regard to Jews. Calling Jews white supremacists. All sorts of terrible... We're going to get into it and talk about it with Aaron Bandler of the Jewish Journal. Phenomenal job by him covering this. And we're also going to talk to the Brandeis Center attorney, Denise Prober-Katz, who filed a lawsuit on behalf of the Jewish students. So let's get right to it. We'll be back with Aaron Bandler right after this. We're back. You're listening to Jeff Lacks Live on 620 AM WSNR and streaming, as always, on the legendary Zev Brenner Talkline Network. Talklinenetwork.com. You can tweet the show at Jeff Lacks Live and you can call us 646-926-4699. We have a great friend of the show. It's always such a pleasure to have Aaron Bandler with us. Aaron is a staff writer for the Jewish Journal, mainly covering anti-Semitism and anti-Israel bias. Originally from the Bay Area, his past work experience includes writing for the Daily Wire, the Daily caller and town hall aaron welcome to the show thanks for having me on jeff absolutely and okay so i'm gonna give you an open floor here you you're you know as always you're on these stories even before they come out i know the story was embargoed for a little while but you had it in advance so tell us about the title six action filed by the brandeis center against brooklyn college yeah so uh basically this this complaint it was filed Last year, around this time, and today, the Office of Civil Rights of the Department of Education announced that they are going to investigate it. 
And basically what happened is um, at Brooklyn College, there is a mental health counseling graduate program and Jewish students are uh, are being harassed and bullied. It, it, it's all based under the false idea that Jews are white and whites are r- whites run power structures that oppress minorities. Ergo, Jews oppress minorities. That's it, that is what these Jewish students are being told in a mental health counseling program. Um, which is bizarre to me that this is even coming up in, in, in a program about mental health. But right. um, but but it, it, it's. It starts with, with the professors. If there, there's a professor who has said things in class, like like Ashkenazi Jews immigrated to America to oppress minorities, uh, which is a blatantly anti-Semitic statement. And the same professor also talked about how whites are oppressing minorities within through systemic racism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When a student who's Jewish said during class, you know, I feel uncomfortable with what you're saying because you are making whites feel guilty uh, for. Or make whites feel guilty about their race. Um, the professor told them that, uh, well, you know, you're you're white, and and therefore you don't understand. You know, even that this person's Jewish, but this but this professor's eyes, this person is white because they're Jewish. Um, and there are plenty of other examples of of that type of behavior. There's also a WhatsApp chat amongst students where a disagreement took place about MLK and Sigmund Freud. And, uh, and a Jewish student was basically sent threats. And when um, a student, another student expressed concern about it to a professor, they were just like, oh, well, you know, as, 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 as cisgender heteronormative white people, we need to keep our heads down. And, you know, even though this is a Jewish student who voiced concern, this professor is a Hispanic Jewish woman. Unbe- um, unbelievable. But, I mean, it's just yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So basically, yeah, yeah. they're saying your Jewishness circumvents, as a Jewish oppressor, that circumvents your Hispanic, your Latino heritage. Pretty much, and and, and this same student, like when when she when she said like, "Hey, I, I'm Hispanic," she was told, "Well, your skin color won't save you." I, I, it's just it's just um, unbelievable. It's, Sick. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's an yeah. illness, Aaron. It's an illness that that's not normal thinking. Uh, and that's not a normal way to treat a human being, obviously, but it's an illness. It's, it, I, I really, it's funny this is in the mental health program because honestly, that sounds like mental illness to me to say something like that to somebody. Aaron, I want to go back. You, you made so many yeah. interesting comments. I'm not even sure which one I want to isolate right away, but you said something very interesting at the very beginning that you said that it's false that Jewish people are white. Can you explain? I actually agree with you. I'm curious to hear your perspective on that. What makes you say that? Well, uh, well, because there are many Jews who are not white. I mean, there is a, a there are there, there is a whole segment of Jews called Mizrahi Jews, meaning Jews from the Middle East and North Africa, um, many of whom have, have many of whom immigrated to Israel because these because these countries basically slaughtered and expelled and, and expelled their Jewish populations. Um, and you know, I'm, but again, kind of sense like that Judaism is it's it it is its own ethnicity slash race, which has been kind of in the news lately, thanks to Whoopi right. Goldberg. Yes. Um, and um, and yeah, I mean, yes, some some Jews are are white, but I think any like myself, but but I think many Jews who are white would tell you that they consider themselves more Jewish than white. You know, I mean, that's actually how I view myself. And, and, and 
Yeah, the whole point being is is, is that the Jewish population is diverse. It, it is it is a diverse population, and um, I mean, just look at the fact that one of the students at the center of this complaint is his, is a Hispanic Jewish woman. Aaron, um, it's, it sounds yeah, to yeah. me, it sounds to me though that there is an mo here, and the mo appears to be that Jews have to be in the oppressor group. How do we do? Right. They can't be in the oppressed group, even though honestly, is there a more oppressed group in world history than Jews? I mean, we've been we fled from basically every country in the history of the world. I mean, there's not there's never really not many two more oppressed groups than Jews. But it seems like the mo here is we have to place Jews for whatever reason into the oppressor group and get them out of the oppressed group and let's find a way to do that it's like they're thinking backwards how do we do that exactly well and, and it goes back to intersectionality which which is the the ideology uh behind behind a lot of, a lot of this woke stuff that that, that that puts people into classes of oppression and says uh, if you are more oppressed whether that's your skin color or, or uh, sexuality or so forth therefore your opinion matters more than and someone who is not oh, and and on on the scale of intersectionality jews are, are not viewed as oressed because they are viewed as the equivalent of being white um which is and, which is laughable you, right i mean that's it, it, that's laughable, laughable. to, call, to say is, jews are not oppressed is unbelievably laughable and disingenuous i mean obviously absolutely but if, but but but, if, but this this intersectional thinking that is behind this uh, the, what, what's been happening here at Brooklyn College, and there's similar stuff has happened at Stanford and their mental health program too. Um, so I don't know what's going on mental health uh, in, in these mental health graduate programs, but it makes me worry about the you know the current state of you know therapists and so forth. Uh, but but also goes goes back to what happened with Whoopi Goldberg because when she said the Holocaust isn't about race and and, and then she said like she viewed it as two white people fighting against each other. That's intersectional theory because she, by, by saying she viewed it at Holocaust as two white people fighting against each other, she was saying that she viewed Jews as white, and that's why she didn't view it as a matter of race. Like this, this intersectionality, I'm thinking it's 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 a toxic way of thinking because of how it groups people and into to these classes um, of of oppression and it basically sort of renders. Any sort of like rational thought meaningless, um, you know, yeah. because you're only judged by by how oppressed, so to speak, you are, and not not by what you actually have to say based on the merits of of your argument, your line of arguments, your experiences, etc., etc. Et it's um, I think the sooner we the sooner we get rid of this uh, toxic line of thinking, the better. Absolutely. And I was telling you off the air yesterday when we spoke about this, Aaron, that yeah. this is hardly just the situation at Brooklyn College or like you said uh, at the other university you just mentioned. I, I forgot the name. Stanford. Stanford. Stan well, I know what Stanford is, but I forgot which college it was. At, it's the same thing on our campus that I was telling you a story about a, stu a Jewish student who came to me and said that a professor of his invited oh, him to right. an event and at the invited him to speak and, and did it just to embarrass him. And basically when he was speaking at the event, told the student, you have white privilege. And if you only took off your yarmulke, she actually said this to him. If you only took off your yarmulke, that he was just like everybody else, just like other white men. And, and the student was upset because he said she was trying to put him down. She was basically saying that he's not worth saying what he had to say because he had more quote unquote power.
power. And he's saying, how could she say this to me? She's the professor. How do I have power? You know, I'm, I'm beholden to her for my grade. She's not letting me talk. She's embarrassing me. And this student came to me with a story that was quite horrifying. So this is, and this is, uh, this was not a mental health department. I believe it was sociology at our campus, but kind of similar, mm-hmm. <laughs> similar things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the, and I'll tell you something else, Aaron, I was telling this yesterday on the show to David Lippman from camera. Um, I hear what you're saying. It's interesting that you went in that direction with, um, Yemenites and other uh, Jews of color. I am an Ashkenazi Jew and I never, Aaron, I'm not just saying this to be cute. I'm not saying this to be different. I'm not saying this for any other Mm -hmm. reason than that. It's true. I have never in my entire life, not for one minute, ever thought of myself as white and the reason why i'm going to give you very specific reasons why i'm curious how you feel about this is a few reasons number one white supremacists murdered almost my entire family that's number one right so the idea that white people accept me has never been true in my mind number two there was a white kid on my block growing up. I grew up in a white neighborhood who basically every day when I came home from the bus, bus stop had said, hey, Jew, and punched me in the head. And oh, when Jesus. you look at the history of professional jobs in America, it was in my life. I'm a little older than you, Aaron, but it was still in my lifetime where Jews could not work in white Jew law firms. They had to start their own firm or go into real estate or whatever. And Jews could not get into a country club in America. It's only 30 to last 30, right. 40 years where the Jews could do these things so the idea that i'm white when almost no white contingency has ever accepted me as white is to me i reject that out of hand i never saw myself as white i never liked checking off that box caucasian because i don't think it applies to me i've always thought of myself as semitic as jewish and you know what's funny aaron on top of all that and i can't Mm. i can't explain this but it's absolutely true even when I'm out in public and even when I run into cab drivers or people in the street who don't know me at all. And even if I'm wearing no Mm -hmm. religious garb, no kippah, no nothing, Mm -hmm. they assume that I'm Jewish. There must be something about the Ashkenazi look that is identifiable. I can't tell what it is, but no one has ever called me white. People have referred to me as Jewish. So I've never seen myself as white. I'm curious what you think about all that, but that's my personal experience. Um, well, I, 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 I think that what you say is, is valid and, and, and I, I agree. I, I mean, it, it's, it, it is definitely true that, 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 that uh, plenty of white supremacists obviously hate Jews and, and, you know, have been behind some of these shootings at, at, at synagogue. So obviously, the, so obviously they don't view Jews as white. Uh, because because we Jews aren't white, like we're Jews, we're we're all, we are our own separate category of ethnicity slash race, and, and and like I said earlier, like we, we Jews have always considered our Jewishness to be the number one as our main identity because it's what we it's it's the faith we practice and it's and guides our our moral beliefs. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think what, what you said, it's, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I, I have a lot of Ashkenazi Jewish heritage in my family as well. Um, and so, yeah, 
I, 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 I really couldn't have said it any better than how you did. <laughs> but you know, and on top of all that, Aaron, this one of the things you write about in your piece was about how there's this comment that was made to a student that Ashkenazi Jews basically. Uh, when they came here, when, when they immigrated here, it's amazing the term immigrated. We didn't emigrate here. We fled to come here, most of us, if right. you talk about the yeah. Holocaust generation. So it's not emigrated, yeah. fled. We fled. We escaped mm. with our lives. My family did and many other people's families. So the idea that we emigrated here to, and, and now became the oppressor when we came here and became white is despicable and disgusting. And I will tell you, there's a professor on our campus that I'm not afraid to name him, Anthony Alessandrini, who writes about about this that's his scholarship he writes that ashkenazi oh, jews he actually has written articles uh that ashkenazi jews are white supremacists and that they bought their way into whiteness when they came to america now as a grandchild of holocaust survivor survivors and the great the great grandchild of people murdered in the holocaust right. you're calling me a white supremacist I mean, that is, talk about, ga that, that's not just gaslighting, that is flipping the victim with the oppressor. I mean, totally on its heels when, you know, we are the greatest victims, Jews are, of white supremacists of all time. I mean, and, and, and no reasonable person would disagree with that. So just absolutely disgusting. And again, it's all the same narrative. There's a goal here. The goal is that Jews are oppressors and can never be the oppressed, a laughable contention. And I'm glad you're writing about it and exposing it. Any other thoughts on that? Well, I, 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 would, I, I would just say that as as you know, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories are based on the idea that Jews are these all, these all powerful beings that are looking to screw over other people, and I as I, I think that this latest sort of woke um, dogma that we're seeing across college campuses that are equating Jews with whites to oppress people, I, it's it's basically just another iteration of the same trope, isn't it? It's the, the, the difference this time is that it's disguised. Under the under the mantra of of woke intersectionality, right, and the, and the guys of social justice, so it's so it's it's insidious because a lot of universities think this way, uh, and as do the these various institutions that are overtaken by 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 progressive thought, and so it's it, it that, that that makes it harder to fight when it's so embedded. Um, in, in these various inst institutions, and, and then if you fight against it, then, then you're deemed a racist, basically. You know what um, I find so amazing, Aaron? I'm sorry to cut you off. You know yeah, what I find absolutely amazing about what you just said? Obviously, it's all true, but if you yeah. put if you put a an actual neo-Nazi in a room with an actual person that you're writing about in this article, a far-left person, on what point exactly would they disagree? Because all the things that you just said about Jews as the the problem with society, the Jews are the oppressors, right? I mean, what would they disagree on? Uh, to me, it sounds like the white supremacist neo-Nazi here feels exactly the same way about Jews as the far light, far left intersectional people that you're referring to. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not wrong. And uh, there's a reason why neo-Nazis also support BDS. <laughs> Uh, David Duke had a, had a tweet a couple few years ago. It's a bit working support for Ilhan Omar or went her. It's all about the Benjamin's tweet came out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's this is what's known as horseshoe theory, which is the idea that, that that the far left and the far right eventually are basically the same person. It's like yeah. so far to the left and so far to the right, they just meet each other. Yeah. So yeah. At least with regard to Jews, if you go far enough yeah. left and you go far enough right on the issue of Jews, you meet. 
you hit each other, you connect. That's the one yeah. thing the far left and the far right have in common, the way they feel about Jews. Exactly. 100%. I mean, just unbelievable. Listen, great work as always, Aaron. Tell people how they can find your work and, and all the amazing uh, stuff that you do. Yeah. Um, so you can find me at JewishJournal.com. Uh, have new articles just about every day. And uh, you follow me on Twitter at Bandler's Banter. I post a lot of my stuff there. Um, yeah. Terrific job as always, Aaron. Come back soon, okay? Thanks, Jeff. Take care. All right, you too. This is Jeff Black's Live. We're back. You're listening to Jeff Lacks Live on 620 AM WSNR and streaming as always on the legendary Zev Brenner Talkline Network, talklinenetwork.com. You can tweet the show at Jeff Lacks Live and you can call us at 646-926-4699, 646-926-4699. Last night we promised you a big show tonight. We're delivering and we have with us an attorney, the director of legal initiatives at the Lewis D. Brandeis Center for Human Rights Under Law, Denise Katz-Prober. Now, Denise and her team at the Brandeis Center have filed a Title VI uh, claim against Brooklyn College of the City University of New York. First of all, Denise, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It's really a pleasure to be here, though, unfortunately, under these uh, circumstances to discuss uh, challenging issues. Well, we appreciate the work that you do, and I just want to thank you for bringing this case because I know all too well about the systemic anti-Semitism throughout the CUNY system, and I've been a victim of it myself, and I've seen way, way too much of it. So tell us about this Title VI claim. What is it about, and what happened at Brooklyn College? Jewish students in the mental health counseling program at Brooklyn College have been subjected to a hostile environment where Jews have been vilified and harassed by professors, faculty, administrators, and fellow students who have accused Jews of being white, privileged oppressors of people of color. And this narrative has permeated the program. Uh, Jewish students have been told to get your whiteness in check. They've been told that Ashkenazi Jews who immigrated to America have become part of the oppressor class. Uh, A Jewish student who identifies as a Hispanic woman of color was told that she enjoys the privileges of whiteness and has to be sensitive to how our privileges are perceived. She was told that her skin color won't save her, implying that because she's Jewish, she is white. Her identity has been erased. And when Jewish students complained to university administrators and directors, uh, their complaints fell on deaf ears. The students were told to keep their head down in order, uh, in other words, don't challenge the status quo. And so the university didn't do anything to address uh, the ongoing harassment of Jewish students to protect them as they're required to do under the law, under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. Uh, In fact, there came a point where the administration actually acknowledged uh, what it referred to as tensions among the students, but only expressed support for BIPOC students and excluded Jewish students. Um, And so Jewish students have felt abandoned Um, They felt that they had no one to turn to for help, and several of the Jewish students came to the Brandeis Center and asked us for help. And we uh, filed this complaint um, in February of 2021, and last week the Office for Civil Rights, the Department of Education, uh, told us that they're opening an investigation of our Title VI complaint. Now, congratulations on that. I know they don't investigate all claims that are brought to their table. So congratulations, that's a big deal. So this is the mental health department, which 
is incredible to me. To me, that makes it even worse. These are people who should, who should understand uh, treating people the way that they're treating Jewish people in this instance. Can you talk at all about what led these students to come to you? Like, what was what what made them realize that they had, they were empowered in a way that they could actually pursue a Title VI claim? I think that these students had reached a point where they they wanted things to get better and change because the impact was so devastating on them. Um, they were not able to fully participate in this program because of the harassment and the intimidation they were facing from all different segments of the program, from faculty, from students. Um, it was coming from, from all sides. Um, class participation, actually, as it were, in this program is a really big part of not only your grade, but actually part of the training um, for mental health professionals. They do role playing, they share their personal lived experiences. Um, and these students, uh, because they were invalidated and attacked when they shared their personal experiences, their, their identity as, as Jews, um, they shut down and they uh, would not participate. And so they were losing out on the benefits of this educational program, whereas other students got to get the full benefit of what they were uh, paying for. And so they, you know, they came to us feeling like they had, uh, they had asked for help and hadn't gotten any and they had no other uh, recourse. Um, and um, I, I think, you know, regarding your comment earlier about the CUNY system um, and, and just the different um, sort of the the widespread way that uh, anti-Semitism uh, is seems to be um, spreading. Anti-Semitism, as we're seeing, is permeating all facets of society. It's manifesting in many different ways. And one of the things that we find at the Brandeis Center, one of the challenges is that it's often difficult to get university administrators to take anti-Semitism as seriously as other forms of racism and discrimination. Um, and that may explain why, you know, when these students went to administrators and they asked for help, uh, they were they were turned away. They were turned down. So, Denise, um, you know, I was telling you before the interview that I had, you know, I'm at a sister campus. I'm at Kingsboro, uh, really few blocks away from Brooklyn College. And, you know, I'll tell you, I don't know if you want to speak to the broader issue, but I'll tell you the broader issue of Brooklyn, uh, not just at Brooklyn College, but across CUNY is that this is systemic throughout CUNY. I mean, I know that because I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. And I can tell you from personal experience, when I read this Title VI claim, uh, I was just, you know, I, I want to say appalled if I wasn't so used to it. Uh, if I didn't see it so many times, it's so not surprising to me. But I had almost the identical situation come to my plate at Kingsborough Community College in 2019, where a Jewish student who wore a kippah came to me complaining that a professor in the, soci I believe it was the sociology department, uh, he was in her class. And he inv and she invited him to a public event in a big rotunda area at the college, I believe, and invited him to speak. And he thought it was like a legitimate, genuine invitation. He wants to hear his thoughts. She must think he's a good student with a lot to say. But at the event, she kept sh her and another professor kept cutting him off and said to him that he has white privilege. And if he only took off his yarmulke, he's just like everybody, every other white man. 
is what she said to him. That's what he told me. And he said to me, she was putting him down that he was not worth saying what he had to say because he had more power than her. And he couldn't believe that because he's a student. Here's a professor who he's beholden to for his grade, telling him that he has the power. I mean, and, and that came to my plate recently. When I heard your story, I was like, wow, you know, that is the same thing that came to my desk three years, less than three years ago. So what do you think about that? Are you surprised to hear that it's so common or is this something you expected? You know, what strikes me when I hear that, uh, that, that anecdote is that this Jewish individual was told to take off his kippah or yarmulke. Yes. And this is a, almost a metaphor. I mean, it, I, it's almost a metaphor for what this manifestation of anti-Semitism is, is, is doing. Um, it erases Jewish identity. It imposes on Jews um, really an ideological construct where their identity is imposed, the identity they have to be is imposed on them. Um, and only Jews are asked uh, to either shed or hide or get rid of their Jewish identity. Um, only Jews are told that they can't celebrate their identity, that it's something to be ashamed of. We're, at a t- we're in a time when every identity group is encouraged to celebrate their identity, their full identity, but Jews are not. Um, and that is uh, one form of anti-Semitism that we're seeing in particular on college and university campuses um, throughout the country. The Brandeis Center recently uh, conducted a survey that found uh, that an alarming percentage of Jews are actually hiding their Jewish identity in response to increasing anti-Semitism. And they're doing it because they're learning to um, to hide their identity to to protect themselves. And, and that's alarming. That is alarming. It's horrifying. And that's why your work is so important. What do you hope to accomplish with this Title VI action? What would be the ideal resolution to what's going on? Well, first, we'd like... Uh, CUNY, oh, sorry, we'd like Brooklyn College uh, to acknowledge and then take concrete steps to address uh, the hostile environment for Jewish students on its, uh, in its mental health counseling program. Um, it needs to recognize that anti-Semitism uh, is a problem, that Jewish students are being targeted based on their Jewish identity, um, they're being harassed, and that that's not okay. Um, the university should um also recognize and start educating ed- students administrators faculty on the different manifestations of anti-semitism what anti-semitism looks like including the adverse use uh, sorry the use of adverse racial stereotyping of jews and others um and uh, that would go a long way i think in um at least starting to address the hostile environment that is ongoing at Brooklyn College. What do you mean by adverse stereotyping? Can you explain to me, give me some examples of what you're talking about? So adverse racial stereotyping, um, depicting Jews, all Jews as white and invoking classic anti-Semitic tropes and conspiracy theories about Jewish power and control by saying that Jews are white privileged oppressors. So, you know, it's interesting to me with the whole Whoopi Goldberg situation that came out that you know, I had, you know, uh, a number of discussions about this with friends and we, and we have a discussion with Aaron Bandler on this show about the same issue, whether or not it matters whether Jews are a race or not. It's been, it's been a conversation we've been having in terms of the legal issue, though. You're a lawyer. You brought a Title VI claim. 
Uh, I know Title VI historically wouldn't apply to religious claims. I know since the executive president's executive order under President Trump, the the uh, the Office of Civil Rights is more open, I think, to hearing these type of claims now in terms of Jews. But is your claim specifically based on ethnicity? Is it a combination of race, ethnicity, and even possibly religion? Although I don't think they can technically hear religious discrimination, right? So w- what is the legal basis for this in terms of that? So Title VI um, protects on the, from discrimination on the on the basis of race, color, or national origin, and Title VI uh, it, it never included religion, uh, and um, but it has uh, been interpreted since two thousand four and um, in a series of dear colleague letters um, around the time of two thousand ten to include religious groups that also share a common ancestry or have um uh, or share ethnic characteristics right um and so that is how it has been applied to jews so in this particular case uh that we filed uh, against brooklyn college uh, we filed um uh, on the basis of uh claiming discrimination on the basis of race and ethnicity so that's very interesting. So ethnicity d- doesn't surprise me. That's what I expected you to say. The race part of it, I find very interesting. I feel like we're at a very pivotal moment in time in our history with this issue because the issue and Whoopi Goldberg really brought it to the fore. And frankly, the ADL brought it to the fore recently with their redefinition of racism, which eliminates Jews. Frankly, I thought it was an abhorrent uh, definition that was uh, promulgated by the ADL and it hurts Jews and it makes them the oppressors and not the oppressed when Jews, as we all know, one of the most historically oppressed groups in the history of the world. Um, so uh, setting aside that craziness, I'm so interested that you brought a claim based on race. Is that something that has happened before? Is this the first time or one of the first times that claims really cemented an anti or centered on anti-Semitism have been brought on race? Is that new or has that happened before? So I think, for instance, in this case where you have like I said before, the use of adverse racial stereotyping. Um, there is, um, in this case, racism against, um, there is a, a claim based on adverse racial stereotyping of Jews and white people. And so therein, there's a basis for um, discrimination on the basis of race. So let me ask you a question. Does it matter how someone views your race or how you view your own race? Is it an objective assessment or a subjective assessment? Well, I will say that, for instance, under Title VI, um, discrimination against Jews violates that, that, that law when it's based not only on um the person's actual shared ancestry or ethnic characteristics, meaning the national origin provision, um, but also their perceived shared ancestry or ethnic characteristics. So for instance, uh, there was um, a case um, involving um, a journalist who was uh, actually assaulted at a SJP rally that was hosted uh, in Boston by the SJP of UMass. And um, they were calling him a Zionist and um, this led to a physical attack on him after they vilified him as a Zionist um, and sort of rallied and incited the entire uh, crowd there against this individual. Um, That individual happened not to be Jewish. 
Um, but uh, they were perceiving him a certain way. Um, now, whether or not there was merit to filing um, a Title VI claim in that case, the point is, is that, um, uh, you know, the, the statute does recognize that um, discrimination can happen um, based on a perception of how that, uh, of, you know, that individual's identity. Um, mm. And so, yeah, and, and so, you know, I do think that perception, um, it does actually um, it is part of the analysis. It's interesting. Uh, so it's know, not part of the legal analysis. Yeah, not necessarily an objective analysis. Then listen. Either way, it's irrelevant because you can't discriminate. Even you don't need religion here. It's some. It's something else. Whether it's ethnicity, whether it's race, whatever it is, they can't do what they were doing. And and if the facts are true in this case, then hopefully the the Office of Civil Rights will you know substantiate your claims and, and you'll get some remedy for it and, and justice for these students and i really hope that there are reforms throughout cuny because i'm telling you this is true throughout cuny i mean and i know firsthand that's the case and i really i want to thank you for spending this time with me it's such an important issue and listen this is something that is alive it's very much alive the issue of jews and race and oppressed versus oppression and i think it's such a important case because you're tackling that issue that is so prominent right now in our society head on and i wish you much luck and i thank you for bringing it thank you so much for having me on the show and for just bringing attention not only to the brooklyn college case but also to um the the real challenge of uh, fighting anti-semitism on campus and beyond now last thing denise just tell people because i'm such a fan of the brandeis center tell people how they can get in touch with you how they can donate all that kind of stuff thank you so much so um if you want to get in touch with the brandeis center you can email info at brandeiscenter.com and you can check us out on the web at www.brandeiscenter.com thank you denise thank you so much All right, we're back. You're listening live to Jeff Lax Live at 620 AM WSNR. Talk And we have open lines. If you want to give us a call, we have time to take a call. 646-926-4699. Give us a call. We got an open line. 646-926-4699. Really interesting stuff talking about, I mean, are Jews a race? Really curious to get your thoughts on that. Are Jews a race? If you're a Jewish, I mean, our audience is predominantly Jewish. Do you view yourself, not are you a race, sorry, are you white is what I meant to ask. Do you view Judaism as a race or Jews as a race? It's an, a really interesting discussion. People have always had a hard time explaining, describing uh, how to categorize Jews because it's not always a religion. Not all Jews are religious. There are different levels of religion. And then the question is, white, I guess some Jews look white, not all, as Aaron Bandler pointed out. So we have a minute here. If you if you want to opine on this, if you're Jewish, do you view yourself as white? That's the question. Are you white? I never viewed myself as white, as I said on the show a number of times tonight. I really don't view myself that way. I'm not white. Some people are shocked when I say that. Looking white doesn't make you white. I'm not white. I'm Jewish. I'm Semitic. Not white. Never been white. Are you Jewish? Do you see yourself as white? And if so, what does that mean to you? 
1-800-242-4699. I really, I want to thank such a great job by Aaron Bandler, as always, covering these issues. He's always spot on. And he's always so thorough, much more thorough than anybody else writing on these issues in the uh, papers. And phenomenal job by Denise uh, Katz or Prober Katz. I hope I didn't get that wrong. My apologies if I mispronounced that. Denise Probert Katz. Wonderful job for the Brandeis Center and such an important case that really is tackling this issue head on. And to my knowledge, I have not heard of anything, at least any time recently, of a case tackling uh, this type of issue of race and oppression with regard to Jews. Frankly, it's so offensive. uh, It's hard to imagine people would speak this way. Supposedly intelligent academics uh, to students to the and and really just I mean discriminating, harassing, and bullying their own students. It's it's really I want to say hard to believe, but how can it be hard to believe when we've seen so much of this at CUNY? Hard to believe is not the right term. Abhorrent might be the right term. Disgusting, despicable. And these tropes and why the goal is solely one thing make Jews oppressors, not the oppressed. It's a sickness, it's an illness. I really think there is a mental illness component to this because if you're thinking that way, there's something wrong with the way you're thinking. That's just how I see it. I mean, you have to be a special kind of evil to speak that way to a group that's been oppressed for quite literally thousands of years, thousands of years in every country they've ever been in for thousands of years. So I don't know. I I, I really hope the Brandeis Center wish, wish them so much luck with this and these brave, courageous students. I wish them so much luck. Great job, Denise Prober Katz. Phenomenal job, Aaron Bandler. Hope you guys will both come on again soon. And I hope you enjoyed our first week back from our vacation. We will be with you again next week. Who knows what's to come? Have a great, great Shabbat. Great weekend, everybody. See you next week.